Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. Today we have a torque talk. We are introducing Alicia Keeker, not Kuker, not Kuker, Keeker to the squad of Torque. And this is an awesome conversation to have with her about her background, some of her goals for this year, some of her mindset around her training and performance. So really enjoy chatting with her. I think you can get a lot from this. So if you want to help support the team of Torque, you can be a Patreon member. You can hit that link down below. And with that, you'll get early access to some video map reviews and special discounts on training plans and swag. So please help the athletes here at Torque push this sport forward. We would really, really appreciate that. So here we go. Alicia Keeker. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited to kind of get to know you a little bit more and just kind of chat about your story. But we have to start here. How do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> okay, so my last name is Keeker. It's spelled K-U-K-E-K-U-E-K-E-R, which everyone always says Cooker. Okay. All my life, people have said Cooker. Um, but I've heard quite the number of misspellings this year. <laughs> I've been saying it way wrong. I must say that at, at High Rocks in Chicago, uh, Hannah Carta said something like, I said your name the way that I typically say it was like Cuker or something. I just like yeah. say, I'm just like saying noises. And Hannah corrected me and I was like, mm, I don't think that's right. That doesn't sound. So it's <laughs> one more time. Could you say it one more time? It's Keeker. So it's Keeker. spelled like, I mean, it, it sounds like it's spelled with two E's, but like the U is silent and then there's only one E. Honestly, it makes no sense. Um, I've never questioned it until this year. <laughs> like, I mean, all my life, people have called me Keek. Like, that's my nickname. Everyone knows me from that. So I never questioned it. And then I had Siri, I like typed it into Siri earlier this year. And even Siri said it, Cougar. And I'm like, wait, Cougar. Should, should I ask my parents? Should I ask my grandparents? What's the origin of that? I think it's German, but I should also know that. But That's no. something else you should know. But at least you know we know how to actually pronounce it the correct way. So two E's, I think that's a, a safe way to then, yep. to then think about it. Um, yeah. So again, I'm glad, I'm glad we're here. Glad that's out of the way. That was the top of the agenda. Uh, and like I said, so you're getting started with us here at Torque. So you had a great season last year. Uh, the, you first came onto my radar, I think after uh, Asheville, where you finished 10th overall there mm -hmm. and a really stacked field and a really difficult course for a lot of the competitors, especially on the female side, a lot of people were missing obstacles. Uh, so it was really kind of a scramble there. And then you kind of worked yourself into top 20 for most other big style races. So, uh, and it looked like you kind of went in a little bit harder on OCR last year. Like you had definitely had some, you were in the results in the previous years, but this seems like you put yourself out there at more of a national level this previous year and had some pretty good results. So how did you feel about your 2021? Yeah. I mean, definitely my best year yet, but also it was the first year I've done the national series. So I honestly didn't really know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, so I just kind of randomly hopped into that, had no expectation. I was like, maybe I'll get top 20 by the end of the year. Um, so I'm pleased with, you know, how it happened. Like uh, the, like the whole Asheville, like that was probably like the highlight of the year, I would say. Um, mm. But that was a tough race for everyone. So I would just say like, I got a little lucky there, but I mean, I'm, I'm working my way up and I would just say it was like the most competitive year. Like I, I did hard races. Like I understood the difference between like national series versus like regional races. So I just kind of stuck my nose out there. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it, it takes a little bit to do that because there is definitely a barrier to get to those races. And that was something for me, uh, when the first two or three years, I didn't quite understand that that's really where I needed to go to really test myself and see where I stacked up. I was like, if I perform well in regional races, like the performance should come a long way, but being around those athletes, you seem to learn like a, a lot and like kind of where you stand and what your, what your strengths and weaknesses are. So what, what, what were some of your takeaways then after doing, so you did, you did Jacksonville that mm -hmm. didn't go particularly well did not. in terms, of the, in terms of the results. Yeah. Like I was really fit at that time and I was pretty pumped for Jacksonville. Um, at that time, like a short course flat was perfect for me. And like, I was in the mix of like the teens 
and then I missed my spear and like dropped 10 spots. So, um, in a sprint, there's not much you could do. If you miss no. one, if you miss one thing in a sprint, it's just gonna be hard to, to, to make your way back up there. For sure. And then I was like all in after that. Cause I was like upset, <laughs> you know? And so that kind of like fired things up a little bit and then definitely got my butt kicked on like the Utah course, Tahoe, big bear, but that was all my first time doing that, those races. So, I mean, I'll take it for this year and like definitely learn some things and, um, you know, I'm in a spot where I can train, um, better and it's just, yeah, it's all going to be better from here on out. And that's the thing with some of those races, the ones that you mentioned where, you know, it, it might not have gone as well as you thought it would, such as, uh, a Tahoe or a Utah in particular, where the elements and the course and the altitude, they really do matter. And I remember the first race, the first time it happened to me when I had the national series in 2019, I was like as fit as I've ever been. I ran like an awesome road 10 miler. And I was like, well, I'm super fit. Like big bear should be no problem. And then it was just like right. a completely different world. And I just got absolutely murdered from the yeah. first climb. I was like, okay, this is, this is actually different. The way I'm going to have to train is really going to have to to change around this. So in what, what made you decide to do Jacksonville even? Cause I mean, was that just like, all right, let me just do this one and see how it goes or yeah, were, were you was, committed to it? It was the whole COVID thing. Right. So like we were just robbed of everything and I was dying to race. And yeah, cause I, I think I decided maybe like two months before and I was like, I'm going to do Jacksonville, see how it goes. And then I was like, I'm just going to do the whole series. Like I'm going to make it work however I can. And yeah, I was just like, so missing the race scene. And I didn't care. Like I took a red eye flight to Jacksonville, like, and I just like went out and raced it. I, I didn't care like what it took. I just like wanted to be back like in that zone. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was just kind of random. And then I think I can't honestly can't remember if I was like, I'm going to do the whole series then, or if I like got fired up after, but it was like in my mind, but yeah, Jacksonville happened and then it was like game on, I would say. And it's it's nice to to go out and to, the first race always seems to be the most stacked, right? If it's oh, athletes yeah. like if it's athletes like you or if it, who are like, "All right, this is my year, I'm going to go after it," or if it's just athletes who want to, you know, bust some rust and and kind of get a good start and and in the past Spartans kind of made it that you had to go right. to all of the races. So it's sort of like that this year. Um but without the obviously without the race at Jacksonville. So if you were to go back and, and give yourself a piece of advice, like leading into the season last year, mm -hmm. what, what would you think you would tell yourself or someone who is going to start it this year, who want, who's going through like that same idea, that same journey that you're, you went through last year? Yeah. I mean, I would just say like, go all in. <laughs> like if, if you're going to say go all in, like, I mean, you can't take the days off that you like may want to, or, I mean, I feel like, after every single race, I'm always saying like, dang, I should have trained harder. <laughs> and like <laughs> when you're training, you're like, oh, I'm going as hard as I can. But it's just that like fine line of like, what is as hard as you can? Like, where is your threshold? Like, and that's what I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out like during those training sessions, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm dying. Right. And I feel like I can't go any harder, but then you get to race day and you're like, you wish, you wish that you like would have done more. So I, I just feel like you have to take those moments during like after you cross the finish line and like bring those with you to training days. So I feel like that's so, super important. Okay. So it sounds like it's a lot around the training and the effort. Is that for you? Does that mean volume, like doing more or does it mean like in the actual moments of training where things might be getting hard or like what, what, what does that, what does that mean? Cause it is a learning process, right? It's like, yeah. I, and I think the same thing I wish, like I'm 35 right now. I wish, and I'm so much more bought in than when I was 25 that I'm like, mm -hmm. I like regret it a little bit. I'm like, man, I wish I knew like what it meant for me to perform at a high level then like I do now, like there's nothing I could right. do about it, you know, but exactly. it's always, but it is like a stepping process. Like I thought I was training a lot and I thought I was doing a lot of the things based around that when I really wasn't. Um, so yeah, like what does it mean for you to then go all in now that you, now in this year? Yeah, I think um, just in those training moments, it's like, no, you have to push now. And like, I, I don't know what a lot of people do, but I train mostly alone. And so mm. that's tough, right? I mean, there, you know, there are days that I'll run with somebody or like train at the gym with somebody, but 
the majority of the time, like if I'm doing hill repeats or if I'm at the track, like I'm by myself. And so that is like where you really have to zone in on like, like how much do you want this? And like, <laughs> um, so I think just going back to those training days when you're by yourself, when you don't want to do it, and maybe you only have like an hour and 20 minutes and you have to squeeze that workout in, like you just have to make the most of it. Um, like if you're, if you're by yourself, like, like you have to find out like what hard, you know, how hard is hard. And I just think that that's like a difficult thing. And that takes practice, right. And seeing, and, and like knowing how it's supposed to feel, you know, is, is, is there's like a bit of a learning curve on that too. Is like, is this too hard? Like, how am I supposed right. to recover from this? And you're not from a traditional endurance background. Not at all. Right. <laughs> so when did you start to really kind of dive into this? Because like I said, it is, there is definitely a learning curve of, of like mm -hmm. how it's supposed to feel and what it, what it's going to be like. So how long have you been doing just like endurance stuff? Um, I would say like two years. I mean, like, oh, I'm just a college starting. basketball player, so like I'm fast, but for like one time down the court. <laughs> and so like I can run really fast um, and jump really high, but learning to run more than a mile or two was a huge deal for me. And so um, like I hired a coach and I work with Mark and Natalie and like they mm -hmm. are awesome, awesome people. They've helped me out so much. And and really the first year I was with Mark, I'll be honest, like I didn't take it as serious as like I should have. And I still took like the days off and like I still took, you know, there were like life got in the way. But like now it's just more like I'm definitely I would say in the last two years, I'm, I'm way more consistent and I just take it a little more seriously. So, um, yeah, I think so t like Tahoe this year and like big or no. Yes, Tahoe whatever the beast course were Tahoe and Utah, like that was the longest I have ever run. Oh. <laughs> and so, like, I'm very new to like, I've never done a like a marathon. I've never done um, now all this is going to change, but like, I've never done like a, an official half marathon. I, I did a random Ironman this past year, but like, so I'm, I'm very, very new to like running over 12 miles. <laughs> And coming from a hoops background, right? Like there's yeah. this idea behind like fast switch and slow twitch, right? Like mm -hmm. slow twitch is going to be a little bit more fatigue resistant and you can, you can, and there's a little bit that's genetically like wired in there. So some people are going to be the fast twitch dominant, which like playing hoops, you know who those people are, the people that can just right. jump out of the gym and like you can't really stay in front of. And there's a little bit that you can kind of cross over where you can convert some muscle fiber into like the slow twitch stuff, mm -hmm. but the fast twitch isn't very good for endurance. <laughs> like you've been probably training just for that for a long time. So is it hard to then wrap your head around? And I, and I, a lot of times when athletes do start from like a ball sport or something mm -hmm. that's a little bit more uh, team oriented or competitive uh, on, on that end, they have a hard time figuring out like what pacing makes sense. Did that, yeah. was that hard for you to like, like what, was slow what was fast like what was easy like when to go easy like for sure oh, <laughs> yeah. like i asked so many questions and like googled things and like that was i didn't really like want to get a coach at first because i was like i i don't even understand like i don't even mm. know what like an 800 is like <laughs> like i'm googling the measurements around the track and like this is all like two two and a half years ago and so yeah i think I mean, running more than like a 5k at that point was like out of my, I could do it because I'm an athlete, but could I do it well? Like, no. <laughs> and I always think like I'm a little better than I am. And so it was just like very humbling experience to um, kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm still like transitioning into this uh, endurance athlete, but I, I mean, I would say like much more in the last like six months, eight months, year that I have like I can go out and like run now. Like I'm, I'm on pretty high mileage weeks and I, and I enjoy that. Like, but if you asked me that question two and a half years ago, I would have like laughed. <laughs> what was the, like, how are you now? Do you just like, like it? Like, and when did, when did you start to enjoy the slower stuff? That's the, seems to be the barrier, right? It's like mm -hmm. people, it, you can go hard, you can go fast. Um, that feels good. It feels productive, but to really get better at a race, that's going to be, two and a half hours, three hours, or even a race that's going to be like 30 minutes, you need to spend a lot of time going slower and building that aerobic capacity because like you're building mostly anaerobic through basketball for forever. So you have right. that in there. So like, 
did you have to like trick yourself or did you just like start to enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know when I started enjoying it. Like, yeah, probably like two issues, like around COVID, like is just, I was like, okay, I have to like change something. Right. Like I, I remember like sitting like on the phone with Mark and he was just like, this is what it takes to get better. And like, like he, he like, he's like, you have all these goals, but like, like, this is what it takes. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> like, and so I think it was just more like for a while it was like, Oh, I have to go out and run. Like I didn't, you know, necessarily want to, or like after work, it was just like long days. And, and, but now it's like, I need it. Like I, like, I love mm-hmm. it. I enjoy it. Like I am crabby if I don't run. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's been a journey for sure of like learning to enjoy it. But when I really, I, I think I really started enjoying it is when I could see progress. And so like when you start to get good at something or like better, that is mm-hmm. when you're like, okay, now I'm seeing this. Like, okay, now I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And that you're at an interesting point now where you, where it is just about like learning it. And now it's like, okay, well now inside of it, what can I do better? which seems to right. be like really where you're at. And you mentioned you're in a better spot because you're from like Midwest, right? You're from. Yeah. I'm from St. Louis area, which is where I'm okay. at now. But um, like small town outside of St. Louis. So flatlands. Yeah. <laughs> Corn we, fields. I, I, uh, so we, so my wife and I, we just moved to Denver. That's where, I was, yeah. where I'm at right now. And we did, we drove from Pennsylvania, got through Ohio, then Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Oh my gosh. Flat. I'm so sorry. Flat. <laughs> yeah. Kansas. Kansas, I was like kind of dreading. I was like, this is going to be horrible, but it's like oh really gosh. easy driving. It's super boring, but it's just flat. I living here. <laughs> I bet. Where, where, like, are you in Missouri? So, yeah, I'm from a town called Perryville, Missouri. It's like an hour and 20 minutes south of St. Louis, but then oh, I okay. like, went to school in Springfield, Illinois, um, hmm. which is more cornfields and more flats. And then moved back <laughs> to St. Louis. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I made it out alive. <laughs> I just happen to be here now, but, um, yes, I made it out to, uh, California. So I live in San Francisco now. How is that in terms of training? Cause I think there is a good scene for trail running Amazing. there. Yeah. yeah. It is like, I mean, it's incredible. Like com- coming from Missouri, at least like, yes, we're at sea level, but you can go North of the bridge and go to Marin and like, you can get an easy two, three, thousand and like 10 miles easy um tahoe's three ish three ish hours away like it's a really really good spot and like i live in the city and so i mean the hills are insane in san francisco they are insane yeah they're like some of those roads like i'm driving my car and i cannot see over my hood because (laughs) they're that steep and so and and like i have access to trails literally two blocks from me and i live like you know it's just, there's an incredible amount of trails. Like there, if I want to go on the roads, like I'm still going to get some gain. Like when I first moved to San Francisco, my calves were sore for like months. I'm like, why do my, my calves always hurt? <laughs> I was not used to like all the hills. So was it, was uh, the move part of like, was that just a life move or was it joined with some of the athletic idea? How long have you been in SF? Um, I've been there a little over two years. So okay. basically the entire COVID time. Um, uh, but yeah, I moved in October, 2019. So yeah, a little over two years now. Um, it was, um, it was crazy. It was a crazy journey for sure. Like I had always like dreamt about like moving to the coast, whether, I mean, when you're from Missouri, you're like, Oh, let's move to Florida. Like it's the closest right. beach. Right. And <laughs> right. so like, that was like a, a goal. And then, you know, I just like wanted to get out and leave. And like, I never was like really in the spot to do it. And I just, I really just did it. Like I had a f- one friend who was like, Hey, I'm moving to the Bay area. I need a roommate. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't think I'm going to move to California. Like I never really took that. Like that was like a far, far dream. Right. And then I kind of like couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, honestly, like, let's just do it. And so I randomly like looked for jobs and um, yeah, I accepted a job on like a Friday and I sold everything that I had and um, drove out on a Tuesday. 
Whoa. And took three days <laughs> and like literally had everything that I owned in my Jeep and like drove across country and then like got to the Bay Area and I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> like it was like time to live. Got to start living now. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. But I would say like training wise. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I was like, I want to be somewhere where I can train all year round. Right. And, and like mm. I was like just kind of getting into Spartan at the time. And like all like when you're in the Midwest, you have to go to Chicago or you have to go to I mean, like traveling to Spartan race is like, there's like different. none in the Midwest. Yeah. They, they do you guys yeah. dirty there. They really do. I know. Right. And so I was, I looked at like the map and I'm like, there are so many races in California. Like that would be the best thing ever. Right. And so like, that was always in the back of my mind. And then I knew like being somewhere where it was, it's literally 70 degrees, 70 degrees, like all year round and just to have some better training and like just a different environment. And like, I just took the chance and went for it. <laughs> so just in these like past two years, I mean, that was a, that's a huge jump, right? It's a huge yeah. like leap of faith you have to take. Like, let's just change everything and, and go. And then you're kind of doing something similar. It seems a little bit more in steps for the Spartan stuff. Like mm -hmm. let me go all in. It's like, okay, let me double down and go in a little bit further. So like, are there moments it, when you're facing these moments, like, is there something that happens like on a reoccurring basis, like where, like, do you have a process and in, in, in like how you make these big decisions and, and really do, uh, you know, put the effort in to make big changes? Like what, is, what is that like for you? Because it's, it's not easy you know, it's not right. to, to do that. So like, what's that like for you? Um, yeah, I, I would say like, I didn't have like a huge like thought process about it when it happened. Um, I just knew that like personally I needed like a change and I needed something and I knew, I don't know, it, it's, it's really crazy to think about, but I just, I knew that I would figure it out when I got here basically. And I just, I knew like what like the long-term goals were and like where I wanted to be as an athlete and just who to surround myself with and like what, you know, location and all of that like played in, like factored in, but as far as process goes, it, it really was like very random. It's, and like, I was like, I don't really know hundred percent, but I know that I have to do this for myself in order to like figure it out. And so mm. like kind of made me grow up a little bit in a sense of like, I mean, not by my parents anymore. Like I'm like, I'm literally like, not that like I relied on them for anything like that, but it was just like, I had no backup option really. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And like, I mean, to live in a big city like that was like quite the change. And I just wanted, I just like wanted to do something for myself. And I feel like I had to. So like, that was kind of the process, like the thought process. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Like, is that because there's, you can, and from a moving thing in particular, like just on this topic, and since it's so recent of what I've done, yeah. I'm thinking about it for years and years and years. And finally just like, all right, we, like it's never going to just happen. I, I, I have to just do it. Right. right. And that's typically when I need to make a change, I don't put like any, like I might think about it for a little bit and then it's like, okay, I just have to do it. And I've really yeah. shortened that amount of time between like the, the idea and the execution. There's like, I'm just going to see what happens. Um, where moving is a little bit more complicated for, for a variety of reasons, but like on, on most other things in life, it's like idea, try it. So is that kind of how you've been, been doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically like kind of what you said though, it's like, if I wouldn't have done it at the time, like I remember telling myself, like, if I don't do it now, like I'll never do it. And like, you know, it's, or it's like, I'll, I'll, if I put it off another year, like where could I be in a year? And see, so I kind of take a look at it from that standpoint. You're like, dang, if I would have done this a year ago, like, you know, where would I be now? And so I think yeah. that it was just like in, in the moment, like, I, I'm just going to like do it <laughs> and then like, just see what happens. To me, it almost feels like from, from my side, it's like, I will form a habit of putting stuff off. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Where it's, yeah. and it just becomes easy and it's almost like addicting to be like, it's like, feels good to think about doing something that's different, but then not mm -hmm. following through and just continuing that process. 
So I almost have to like fight the habit. It's like a bad habit that I have that I know if I come in and push something away that I will continue to do that. So I'm trying to like get that out of my, yeah my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome that you, that you did. And cause I mean, with Spartan to what, so what were you doing before Spartan? Like, how did you, how did you find it? Like, and was it, everyone kind of has, everyone has stories like sort of similar, right? They go, mm-hmm. they get their butt kicked. They think about it, like, all right, let me try again. They get their butt kicked a little bit more and then they start to get a little bit better the more they kind of commit to it. So mm-hmm. how was it like for you? Like, when did you find it? Um, yeah, so I actually managed a gym in St. Louis for a few years that was like very obstacle based. So I was already very much in like the American Ninja Warrior scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so our gym was like very obstacle heavy, not so much OCR, like because really there's not a huge scene here in St. Louis, like not a huge one. Um, but there was like a local race at the time and like they had a team and like they we had like a trade-off and like they would come to our gym and then like we would get free races to this uh race called battlegrounds which is like no longer um a thing because tough mutter bought them out um but basically you know i did it because i was like it's free everyone's doing it i wore tennis shoes just like everyone else <laughs> you know so i have the same story of like i tried it out and like I was good at obstacles and, but I couldn't run. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. It was like a five mile race. And like, I have no idea. I don't think I trained for that. And so, but I had a lot of fun and I was like, this is pretty cool. Like I had done a tough mutter before with um, a very random group of people that were like, I would say like not athletes. And so like, I was like, they like called me coach the whole time because I was like in the front of the pack and I really enjoyed that. And then I remember like thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to do a Spartan. Like those people are so badass. Like, what is this? Let me, let me YouTube this. And then I drove up to Chicago Chicago and did one race. And I was like, you know, the typical one o'clock open wave, (laughs) like, you know, just like that story. And then, and then the next year I was like, I'm going to go all in. <laughs> and so I did in like 2018, like we flew everywhere that year and just like did every cool race. Like, you know, just like went to Vegas and went to Colorado and like went to all these like fun spots. And then I was like hooked and, and then, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. But like, I had no idea what, what the national series was. That was in 2018. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then, 2000. Yeah. Like, I think I, I don't even, I think I did like two age group races and I like won them both. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do elite. And then yeah, got my butt kicked. And then here we are still get my butt kicked. <laughs> Kept getting a little bit more all in. Cause like there's definitely levels. Like if you don't know there's a, a national series, like, or what it is, like right. you don't know to, to go all into it. So yeah, now you're at the point you worked your way up and now you're like straight up all in. <laughs> definitely all in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say when I moved to California, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a season pass. I'm doing mm. every single race. And I still, at that point, didn't really know what the national series was. And then COVID happened. And then, so that was 2020, right? Yeah. No, that was 2019. I don't remember. Uh, the season leading in, there was one race in, there was one race in 2020, Jacksonville yeah. 2020 happened. And then yeah. March was when everything, February, March was. Yeah, thinking about that, it's crazy that that Jacksonville race did happen. Yeah, in 2020, just, yeah. 2020, it did happen, yeah. And you yeah. were you went to that, right? No, not in 2020. I Oh, in 2019 you did? Are you sure? Or wait, no? in 2019, yeah. Actually, I think I did one year. You did the super, I, I, I was looking at it. You did the suit when, when the... Oh, yes. yeah. I did do that. I don't think I understood that it was a national series race. <laughs> You're just like, it's February. It's cold where I am. I'm going to. Yeah. Florida Cause I was still race. living in St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cause I saw you did the back to back. You were like, you know, in the 20, like mid, uh, yeah. like closer to 30. And the next day I think you were 10th in this, in the sprint. Um, Wild. I don't even remember that. <laughs> That's, but that's kind of race you were, right? You're just going out and, and going after like the fun races. So, and you know, the athletes, the athletes are interesting, right? Because they come from a variety of backgrounds and I didn't even really put it together when I was, when I, 
was thinking about like your background as a basketball player and kind of like what the intangibles are that that brings to the sport. And there are athletes who came from similar backgrounds and Natalie being one of them, who's now like your yeah. coach and mentor. So it's, it's interesting that you guys kind of connected that way. Uh, wh- what do you think from your basketball background has ha- like translated into uh, an OCR? Cause there's, there's a couple, I think Faye Morgan was a, was a Faye Hooper. Is, yeah. There's a um, lot. Yeah. There is a we lot. Need there- to, we need to seriously get like an OCR, like hoop game going. We've all kind of talked about it, but we have I'm talked about it down to like seriously schedule this. It should be something after like, or like we should do it after Vegas, Vegas Honestly. high rocks, or you're going to oh. be doing big bear, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm t- toss up right now. Yeah. Yeah. If it's between the two of them, I mean, you could do both, but you definitely shouldn't do both. Um, yeah, probably big bear. It's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe after wherever i mean the north american championships can that's not gonna be great we'll find something because mm-hmm. that that would be really fun speaking of have you seen do you follow hoops at all still yeah a little bit mm-hmm. have you seen what that like caitlin clark is doing for oh, iowa no, no you should look her up she's insane she's yeah. like a six foot guard who like who's like steph steph curry of oh my gosh of college basketball yeah so check her out she's she's crazy um, but there, there, like I said, there's a lot of OCR athletes in who have this hoops background. So like, why, mm-hmm. why do you think that that seems to, to translate over? Like, what do you think the appeal is between the two of them? Man, I mean, athletically, I have no idea. I think, cause I think each basketball player is so different. Like I was a point guard. I was like, I wasn't a great shooter, like, but I was very fast and, I, and like, I could pass the ball to like anybody. So I don't really think that translates honestly i think it's just like a really gritty sport and i think like i'm very competitive i mean i played soccer all my life too and so i don't mm. i don't think like specifically basketball translates i mean i mean it, it i'm sure it does like like i mean but every every athlete has like a like why are they good right like they're they're good for different reasons so yeah like, you have to be pretty athletic to be like a good all around basketball player. Right. So, yeah. and like, I don't know, it's just, it's so different, <laughs> but I think like the reason I was good, I mean, I was okay, I guess at basketball, like I was just strong. And so like that translates to why I'm like good at OCRs. Like I'm a strong athlete, like I'm mm-hmm. not a great runner yet, but like I'm a strong athlete and I like, and so I, I would say that's what translates for me. But I think it, it definitely changes. And I think it, I think you're right that it's that there's such an athletic component to basketball mm-hmm. that seeing a sport that's an endurance based sport that has a little bit of athleticism in there. Like when you look at OCR from the outside, you're like, oh, okay, I can wrap my head around this because there's stuff that isn't just like straight line running, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool, I can kind of stop and pick stuff up and swing and jump and this and that. It's like maybe I'll be better at, at something like this. So maybe that's what the mm-hmm. appeal is. But ultimately, you might be right. It might not cross over at all. <laughs> like it doesn't really seem to have like one to ones. Like oh, I'm good at obstacles because of basketball. It's like right. Not really, <laughs> it's like it's not really endurance based. There's no lateral movement, no CR. But it's probably just that there is some sort of athletic prowess yeah. in there. Just makes sure. it makes it a little bit more appealing. Do you still ball? You still try to get out? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I just played last uh, Sunday. Just like random. Me and a few friends. I was the only girl there. Went to the hoops in the city, and like it was so fun. Was <laughs> like, it? I love it. I I would play every week if I could. Um, I play soccer every week in like a league, but um, I used to play in a basketball league. Um, like I I would prefer to play with women because you know I don't really want to get injured, and sometimes right. I feel like guys are a little rough on the courts. But <laughs> I mean, so are girls. But still, um, yeah, I I I play for sure. How does that, how does that fit with, uh, like the training and everything? Cause that's something I've, I mean, I played in high school, right. And I, mm-hmm. so it's been years and years since I've actually been able to run like a full game. And whenever I do play, I'm, I'm so sore that like, <laughs> I was like, ah, even playing like half court. And then like, the same thing, like the explosive movement, like, jump, like, I don't know even what a vertical jump would feel like really <laughs> like outside of like a controlled environment in like the gym. Uh, so does it, can you balance the soccer stuff and the and playing hoops with the um, training? Yeah, that's tough, honestly, because there are definitely days that I'm like, 
if I didn't have time to get my full run in, I'll be like, oh, but I'm playing soccer later. So I'll probably get like two miles in. I know that that is probably not the best way to do it. Um, but then again, at the same point, like it, it's very like the last couple of times I've played soccer, I'm like, I've been having this like weird hip thing going on, but it's feeling better. And, and I have like said, no, I haven't played in the last couple of weeks because I'm like, I feel like just, I don't know. So sometimes like I definitely have to say no, but it's hard. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the other day, like last Sunday, we, we all went to the courts and I played three games and then they were like, Oh, you, you don't want to stay. And I'm like, no, I have to go run six miles. So this like, is more I'm boring, exhausted. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I, so, I need to save some of this energy. Yeah. So just being, okay. you know, smart with it for sure. And I mean, but that's like my social, like I like to like, you know, hang out with the team and like, you know, so I do like to go, but sometimes like I'll go and I won't even play because, and they get so mad at me. Like, like if I don't play, but I'm like, Hey, I have a race this weekend. Like that's more important. So I definitely have to balance the two. Sorry. That was literally right outside. Some, some siren noises. Um, and that's like, yeah. So it's more like scaling it back, right? Like having an idea of like where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's gotta be an element of, like I've found that if training alone or just doing like obstacle training or just running, if it doesn't like bring joy, then like, it's not going to be as effective. So having some sort of like outlet where, where you are still having like the social thing, or Mm -hmm. sometimes that's like gym based stuff. Like someone wants to go to CrossFit or somebody like does other sort of intramural. Sometimes it can be beneficial that way that it makes it that it can make someone feel like they're more well-rounded and just like a more yeah. well-rounded life because I've done that. And I think the first time I really tried to buckle down and commit was when it was like sophomore year in college. It's like where I was like, I'm putting everything else on the back burner and like really going to try my hardest to be the best runner possible. And I didn't perform very well. And then it just, and then I felt awful. I was like, okay, then what is the point? if right. I'm going to do all this, all these things and still not get the results I want. So as, as cliche as it sounds like balance is important. For sure. I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely an addition to the training. So yeah. And it's, it's just, I think it's cool. Like if I'm able to like do my eight mile run and then go on Wednesday night and still play a game of soccer, like, and I'm fine. Like, I think that's great. I don't totally. think there's any problem as long as I, like don't get injured. And I'm very cautious with that. So I know that's a thing. It's just like the word, like the, cause there's so yeah, many elements in even, in even just an obstacle race. Like you can get injured so easy, just like turn an ankle or something like that. But on a basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Very um, cautious player now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Don't, don't, you don't have to crash the boards. Just get back on defense. <laughs> um, no, no dunking. The, so how does like the weight room factor in? I know you have a bit of a strength and conditioning background. You mentioned you worked at a gym in St. Louis uh, and uh, it was more like obstacle uh, American Ninja Warrior type stuff. So how does, how does like the, the weight room factor into your training now? Yeah. Um, it's the, the transition of this has been so crazy. Cause I used to be that typical person that would be like five day split, six day split, like doing every body part. And cause I enjoyed it. Right. Um, I would say I am lucky to get in the weight room twice a week now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that was definitely like an adjustment for me to be like, you know, running is more important. And like, if I'm do- doing a functional, like full body workout, that is all I need plus some obstacles. Right. And so it, that's hard for me because I, I love going into the gym and like, you know, like picking up a barbell and like doing the fun things. Right. But I do that for fun now. Like I don't really do that. I'll, I'll hit a good full body workout. Um, you know, like I said, once a week and then I'll do some obstacles once a week. And then like, maybe I'll go into the gym for literally for fun. Or if I like have 45 minutes and I'll just like go hit the biceps or something like that is just, it's not, um, it's really not a big part of my training anymore. I, I do want to get back to that. Um, but I don't really know if I need it, um, anymore. You're, you were probably strong enough just from playing basketball for a long time, you know, like just having like the body awareness and the ability to kind of move in space and, Mm -hmm. uh, move through obstacles. Cause yeah, that's the thing about an obstacle course race is that it looks like there is this huge strength component, 
but it's pretty low in terms of like yeah. how strong you need to be. Uh, so was that hard to kind of pull away from it? Definitely at first. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I didn't understand. I'm like, well, why, why can't I just like go to the gym for an hour? Like, why do I have to run? <laughs> <laughs> like that was me being the, the non-endurance athlete that I have now, now I understand. And that now I like tell people that now, like, I'm like, it's, it was definitely hard. Um, but it's fine. I, I'll, I'll still hop in a CrossFit class or something random just because like I, I want to, and like, but it's not like an every week thing. Um, I, I usually do. So I teach, I teach, uh, some DECA fit classes and I teach like an obstacle class every week. So I'll hop in those. And nice. honestly, I use that as my training. And then, like I said, maybe I'll go to the gym once a week and like, depending on what's on the schedule, because you know, high rocks has like entered the chat all of a sudden mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, I've been like playing around with that idea. And that's really the only time that I would like do some strength stuff like more consistently. Cause that's, that's like, yeah, you do need like this, the, the floor oh, of yeah. strength for, for yeah. a high rocks is way, way higher than like an OCR yeah. or like a deca fit for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, now that this, this, these like hybrid races are now like in the mix, mm -hmm. you've already gone in pretty much committed to the, the like Spartan scene. Does that throw a wrench in things? Absolutely. Are you feeling like you <laughs> it, it is it is like seriously messing up my my plan, I guess. I I really I don't know what my focus is. And I this is like saying this out loud is kind of hard because I I, I wanna do the national series this year, but like I kind of want to like hit up some high rocks and like do some decas and I don't know. I, I just want to do something that like find like I find joy in and like mm -hmm. I don't know. Some of those races last year I left in tears. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that was just not fun. And I know it just takes so much time to get good at those things. And I still want to be competitive in, in that scene, but there's something about like trying to push that sled or like, you know, there, there's something about that environment that is like very appealing. Right. I know. Cause like they might complement each other, but I don't necessarily think either would really help the other entirely. Right. Like if you were like, I'm, I'm sure the first time I do a, a, a trail Spartan race after I haven't done one for, I don't know, since Jacksonville 2020, like I'm going to get worked. I'm going to get absolutely yeah. crushed. Uh, even though like my fitness and what I feel like is fitness is probably way above what it was then. Just like the skills aren't going to overlap that well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get worked. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't and, imagine and, doing like big bear at this time. <laughs> I, know. I know. So like, that's yeah. So what, how are you? So what are you thinking? Like, what do you, uh, like, how are you dealing? How are you dealing I with mean, it? So my original plan, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna stick to that. I think is the national series. So yeah. the whole other thing is this Ironman um, sport. Right. That is yeah. Like, what's going on? What's going on with that? So I should, yeah, I should explain that. Um, so athletic brewing is like awesome. They like selected this team. I don't know why they selected me, but I don't <laughs> know really why I applied for it. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like. Um, I didn't know how to swim until last year. And so that was, well, I mean, like I could swim, but like, could, like not, not triathlon swimmer right? right. or like swim through the ocean. That is a yeah. whole nother sport. Right. And so I was, you know, kind of like interested in it. And so I applied and then they picked me and it, it happened to be at the end of big bear. It was literally two weeks after big bear. And so it was, Cause it wasn't it like Tahoe, Big Bear. I was like Tahoe, two weeks, Big Bear, right? Big Bear was yeah, October. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. cause this was at the end of October. Okay. And so all year I was like amping myself up for this Ironman. And then really when it came down to it, I was still just training for Big Bear and Tahoe. Cause that was more my fo focus. For and sure. it was just a half. I did a half Ironman. Um, yeah, so two weeks after Big Bear, I do this like half Ironman and like, I literally w was so underprepared for the swim that I cannot, I still to this day cannot believe that I did that. You made and it so, out. Where, wait, where was it? It was in Oceanside. So like down by San Diego. Okay. okay. And so it was an open water, like ocean swimming through the waves, like the most terrifying thing I've ever done. 
I'm not kidding. Like if I could paint this visual, like for people, like it is that morning, like the sun, it was just gloomy and like everyone's terrified. The waves were not, they weren't big What as I'm waiting there. Like I went to the very back, like this is going to take me 50 minutes to get through. There was an hour and 10 cutoff. I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to make the hour and 10 cutoff. Um, and I were sitting there waiting and waiting on the beach as like, they're just like letting five people in at a time. And I'm like, oh, this is fine. There's no waves. Everything's fine. And then when we get up there, I'm telling you these waves like start crashing in. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, this is not, I did not train for this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so just like getting through that was, I very, very like cool. It was a very cool experience. Like now that it's over. So right. Just like, you know, having to like duck under the wave and like get past the brakes. And then once you like turn right, it was still very choppy. Like it took me 55 minutes and like to do, I don't even know, like 1.2 or I don't know what it is, but it was, that was a big deal. And so I do the Ironman. I, I completed it. It was awesome. It was fun. The like experience was great. The sport production, everything was like really cool. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do a full. <laughs> like, I don't know why, like, these words are coming out of my mouth. And I, like, tell the people from Athletic Brewing, like, oh, yeah, you're like, I'd be interested in doing a full. So they picked me to do this full Ironman this year. And I was, like, stoked to receive this news. And so it's in Barcelona. And so, like, whoa, I'm, really? Like, yeah. And, like, so I thought about it for, like, a day. And I'm like, I can't like miss up, like pass out, uh, pass up this opportunity. Right. And so I'm committed to doing this full Ironman this year. Um, but how it? it works, what's up? When, when is the, okay. So it is October 2nd. So okay. how it works is I will, I'll be able to still do the first four national series race. Okay. Uh, which honestly is probably okay. And then like going to blue mountain two weeks after an Ironman is probably not going to happen for me. Um, and I want to like travel a little bit in Spain and like do some fun stuff. So I guess like all my eggs are going to be in like those first four races. And then, yeah. and so really like the more I'm thinking about it and like, I want to be competitive in the national series, but like at the same time, like I kind of want to complete a full, like do that and do a full Ironman in the same year. And like, you know, well, so, yeah, at least it's not, at least it's not like, when is the North American championships? Is that something you're planning on doing? That's in um, August, right? August. They just came out I with, think so. In Canada. Yeah. Which I mean, seems I like, a, which seems yeah. like a cool race. Cause I think that would be, it's a sea level mountainous race right yeah so it could i think be like, it's on the west coast right oh like uh, yeah it's like it's so it's not all the way west like whistler it's like eastern british columbia so it's still it, it might be mountain time zone i'm not sure we don't know time zones that well here it, we still, are very bad at <laughs> you and i are working working through it um <laughs> but at least the the iron man it can kind of cap the season you know, yeah. for you, where it's like, if it was in the middle, or if you were really looking to compete at a high level in the Ironman, like it might be hard to, yeah. to, to swing both. But since it's at the end, and I mean, like, if for whatever reason, world championships is something that you can, yeah, so that's getting the to. other wrench that has been thrown out. So OCR Worlds is the week before the Ironman. Oh, OCR World in Vermont, right? I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So that actually, that is, I think, should be my A race. Um, so Mark and I had talked about this. I had really wasn't on my radar because of going to Spain and all this stuff. But he was like, "Dude, you're like, you're gonna be like as fit as you've ever been. Like, you're like, just do it. Like, it's the week before. Like, the, and I was like, honestly, like that kind of makes a lot of sense. Like." I'll have all this like block training done from the Ironman. Like I should be pretty fit and I should be able to like run up the mountains and in, in Vermont and like I can do obstacles like that. He's like, that should be your A race. Like, why are you, why is that not on your radar? And I was like, yeah. oh, because I'm, I was planning on going to Spain like the week after, but I mean, I guess I can fly from New York to Spain. And like, so I just really need to figure out logistics of like getting my bike over there and all that stuff. So I think OCR worlds is, definitely happening nice so that's how the year is stacked up so you have some you have some events 
you yeah, really exactly. have some events. Which is and- why, like, now that I'm looking at the series, I'm like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> so it's a lot. That's lots to do. And like, the, so from like a, the deck of fit and high rock stuff, like that stuff will be there next year. You know, it's like this year one here or there, but it's not going to be a focus. If like the NorCal one makes sense. Right. I think, well, that might, is that the same week as slow or the week after slow? It's April 2nd, right? Is that when it is? Yeah. Deca. I'll probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not April. Yeah. Yeah, And I think the, I think the SoCal one is also in April, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, something like that where it's like, you don't need to change your training completely you can still dip into there and since you're already kind of doing the training and coaching the classes right yeah you just pop yeah. in because that is what's hard right it's hard to it's hard to do it all i i know but i think i've already made the mistake of like committing to too many things this year so <laughs> i'm 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 not gonna be like disappointed i'm gonna try not to be disappointed with anything this year and like i'm just trying to experience stuff and I've got some cool opportunities and like, I want to go back to worlds again. And like OCR worlds really, I, I wanted to go really bad last year, but it was on the same weekend as Tahoe and like Tahoe's three hour drive for me. So yeah, that was silly, but I had a lot of FOMO watching that. I know that was, that was unfortunate. They made it like that, but, but like getting to getting to hit, hit Tahoe and were you there 15th or so? I don't, I think, yeah, not very good. I did not feel well that, that day, but yeah. But that was like a big race for me. Like I was really stoked to do it because I love Tahoe and like I train up there a lot and I I was pretty disappointed. I remember feeling that that way. But then I was just, I think, burnt out and then like Big Bear was coming up and then Iron Man. It was just a long, a long year. And, and that was like the start of the end. Yeah. What what do you what do you think you could do this year to like avoid that feeling? Because it sounds like you're still pretty stacked up with with races and things like that so yeah. is there ways that you think uh, like how to maybe not prioritize i guess prioritize is the word but like whatever to put toward things like your mental and physical energy like what do you what do you think, I think yeah i think it's more mental like i mm-hmm. was so exhausted of being disappointed in myself right and so it's like that to me is like i had a lot on my plate and like i also have a lot on my plate this year so I think going into things with a little less ex- expectations is going is going to help and just just experience it. Like, you know, I wanted I wanted to do a lot better in Tahoe, but why? Because I like live close and like I've trained mm-hmm. there a lot. I mean, it doesn't matter until you actually do it. Like that was still my first time like being on Tahoe on the Tahoe course. Like it's just gonna take time and it's like experience and I just need to like chill and like remember that I'm still new to this and just have a little less expectation and a little more fun, to be honest. Right. Because the expectation I found for me, like that, this is something similar in 2019 when I first did the whole series. Like mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know, but I knew where I didn't want to be. And like I yeah. could tell, like during the race, I would think about like what place I was in and what that meant for the series. And it was just like, I was completely disengaged from the 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 moment and like having fun and like being out there uh to just push myself as hard as possible um and that would always lead to disappointment right like where i just didn't finish where i thought i could or or yeah i would just kind of beat myself up about the actual result i was getting is that something similar like what what leads to disappointment for you absolutely just thinking like where you want to be and then what the reality is of like where you're at you know like I mean, yeah, and, and Tahoe, like, I wanted to be top 10 for sure. Um, but that's a tall order <laughs> that, I mean. Not easy, yeah. I mean, I knew that there were going to be less athletes there because it was the same weekend as Worlds. And, like, I thought, like, that was, you know, my chance and stuff. But, I mean, still, like, finishing wherever I finished, like, it's fine. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's really just, like, learning to be okay with it and, like, not being so disappointed in myself. You really, you really don't have control over what place you get. Like, you know, maybe between like 14, 15, 16th in that range, but you have no control who's going to go and how well Mm -hmm. they do at the other, other event uh, at that distance. And so it's, it's hard to not have that as a goal, at least for, I found it's like, all right, I Mm -hmm. think I could get seventh (laughs) and then like I get 12th. I'm like, oh, throwing that number out there. Right. Which really doesn't mean anything. Kind of Honestly. messes you up a little bit. <laughs> it messed me up bad. 
it did that for a, a long time. And that was like a whole thing of how, why I was competing for a long time. It was just like to get a place and to like mm-hmm. have it be something. Well, and coming from ball sport, you know, it's like you win or you lose. And that's like, it's very easy to like, and in a ball sport, it's like, oh, as long as you tried your hardest, it's like, I guess, but you still want to win. Right. right. There's still like other things yeah. that, that you can do and like it's a team oriented thing. So it's, but when you take that type of mentality and put it into an individual sport, mm-hmm. it screws me up bad. It really yeah. does. And it's hard. It's hard to remind. It's been hard to remind myself the past like two years is when I've really kind of committed to like not doing that. Um, so what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to try to stop, stop yourself? When do, do those things pop up? Like, are you thinking about it in training? It's like, all right, do you like visualize yourself? It's slow getting like top five, or is it, or like, what do you, how do you, how are you going to stop that? That's, it's such a fine line of like, cause then what happens if you don't visualize yourself, right? Like if you don't visualize yourself in that top five, top 10, and then like, are you just okay with getting 12th? You know? So that's where I'm trying to play that. Like how, how important is it to me? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just want to, I, I think I just want to go in with a different mindset of like, whatever happens is okay. And I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think I want to give myself like a number or a placement expectation this year. I just, nice. I don't, you know, like last year I did, I, I, when I first started the series, I guess, yeah, last year I was like, oh, maybe top 20. And then when I got 10th, in Asheville, I got like a small little taste of like, oh, maybe I could get top 10 overall. But, and so then that was my goal. And I was like, okay, like I have to get this placement in Big Bear. I have to get Mm -hmm. this placement in Utah or whatever else was left. And that just was like a little too much for me. And I just think maybe I'm not, I'm not going to like do that this year. And yeah, I think I'm just going to, try to enjoy it a little more and just not like be so hard on myself. Cause I tend to do that. And it like, uh, it doesn't help, <laughs> you know, like getting, <laughs> getting pissed about getting 13th, you know, like, right. well, how's that, how does that help you the next time? Right. Like if you can take away, like what same thing, like, cause in 2019, I finished 10th mm-hmm. and I was in 10th, like the whole series, like the, in, I was 10th in the first two races. So I was 10th. And then I, during the races, I would like know where everybody was and like, be like, Oh, I need to hang on as long as I can hang on to 10th. And like, it would just be, it was just not racing then, you know, I wasn't putting, I wasn't putting myself out to where I needed to be or or committed to any of like the process of doing well. Um, It's exhausting, right? (laughs) It's exhausting. It's not fun either. It really does kind of suck. It really does kind of suck. But like, but, you know, like you said, are you okay with getting 12th? It's like, if that's where, if that's what the effort gave you, but it sounds like going back earlier where the commitment to the training mm-hmm. might make it feel a little bit more satisfying right now that you're like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm all in, I'm, I'm training hard. I'm happy with the way I'm training. Mm-hmm. Sound like in previous years, you're like, oh, I could have done more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, like I understand what it takes, you know, and so you have to do that. And I'm like kind of addicted to that process anyway. So. Right. And then that's, that's, that's what's really going to be the most helpful. I would think like the mm-hmm. process of improvement, like yeah. latching on to that because you're still so new into it, you know, yeah. not just like OCR, OCR a little bit, but as endurance in general, takes yeah. takes years yeah that's does. what everyone keeps saying so i'm like okay <laughs> I, I just should chill and be happy with what is happening <laughs> but the commitment is huge like the commitment mm-hmm. piece is something i try i've been thinking about a lot more lately and like what like annie doobie is a great example mm-hmm. right last year like she really did just go all in and her results yeah. previous to last year were like okay you know mm-hmm. and and like but she she and she's not like a superhuman when it comes to like her athletic ability, she was just committed and like got amazing results because just like the straight up commitment. So for that purpose, it's like, I think anybody can really, really elevate their results with, with the commitment side of things. So I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm excited too. I think, yeah, this year is going to be, 
I mean, I still want to do better than I did last year, but I know that like puts a number in my head, but at the same time, like I will be, if I am like training like more. Yeah. There's no reason why I wouldn't. Yeah. And if anything, like it'll be the second year I've done like the national series and like, I'm going to do a full Ironman, like doing those two things. Like that's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. And that's pretty cool. So we'll see you in slow, right? So you're going to do all four. I believe so. Yeah, that's the plan. So yeah, slow. I mean, slow is great. It's close. Um, yeah, that's, I'm excited for that. I mean, we've been waiting for that one since COVID. Seriously. That was like March. <laughs> that was supposed March, to be the, t- that was the first one that got canceled that year. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, you're right. In 2020 and then 2021, it kept getting pushed back just cause Cal- like California took a or they took a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. How have things been in California? Um, you know, actually, I think I want to say mask mandates might be lifting soon for certain wow. places, but they say, I want to say, yeah, the 15th or something, but it's still specific businesses. And then the owners can still say like, no, you know, on and it's mask everywhere. It's like, like show like proof of vax, everything True. is, yeah. Like you can't go into a bar or restaurant without like showing, yeah, proof of vax. And, and it's, it's very strict, very, very strict. So being it's, in Missouri, the last I was just gonna ask. is wildly <laughs> different, but I knew that and like, yeah, it's fine. I. <laughs> it feels, it does feel weird. Cause Philadelphia is the same way. They were very strict. We pretty much, we were, we would look at New York. It's like, what's New York doing? Yeah. And then we would just do whatever they did. So we did the same thing. Whereas like, uh, yeah, proof of vaccination, masks sit every indoor, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, like the thing at the restaurants where masks get when you're standing, taking it off when you're sitting type of thing. It's like, yeah. all, all, so it's weird. Cause even here in Colorado, it's way less, way less strict. And it does, it feels strange, like not yeah. right or wrong, you know, like, I don't, I don't really care. I just do whatever the mandates are. I just do what I'm told. Yep. <laughs> I'm a team player, whatever makes it easier. I'm, I'm going to do it. But it does feel strange now that it's like, all right, like it's way less strict. It's like, okay. Yeah. People are pretty, pretty strict in, in California, like in, in San Francisco specifically, like I, I want to say that it was the most, I, I want to say like, I don't remember what the percentage of like, like vax is, I'm pretty sure it was like over 90, like one of the, it's just crazy the amount of people like, and now you're like a lot of places you have to show that you're like boosted and it's, Whoa, it's, really? Oh yeah. It's wild. Huh. Like, I mean, I don't really care. Like I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, I'm not even going to get into that, but I think like, it's just so interesting to go to a different part of the, the country. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was a, it's probably, I had friends that moved to SF on probably almost the exact same time that you did. They got mm-hmm. maybe two or three months of yeah. like, maybe less they got. Yeah. And then it was like that. And then it was like the fires where you were inside for a while. Yeah. So it's, but. it's been, it's been like a ghost town ever since. So it kind of sucked to be honest. Yeah. I moved at a pretty like I got like two months of going out and like doing the fun things. And then no one did anything for mm-hmm. a year and a half. That was really a thing that made us kind of st- take, take a step back and be like, is it worth being in a city <laughs> like without being able to do all the fun city stuff? I know. And it's still like that in San Francisco. I would say like there are places that close at eight. I'm like, dude, I didn't get, I don't get off work till eight. <laughs> like I, <laughs> And so a lot of, it's just COVID has changed a lot. Yeah. In the city and a lot of people have moved out and it's, I know I've thought the same thing, but I just moved there. And it's, so it's like, you gotta see it, it. it's hard to like pay like such high rent. And then but you're like, I mean, I get why we pay. Like it is a beautiful place, very cool city. And like, but yeah, COVID really messed that up. I know the messed, messed up city is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe it's, a, maybe there's a rebound. Like Philadelphia felt like it was, it was still healing. For yeah. sure. Like it's not, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't there yet. And I mean, I, I've only been Denver for two days, so I have no idea. Um, yeah. But so you see, do you see yourself there for a while? For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say probably like a year ago, I was like starting to have those thoughts, like maybe I, you know, maybe leave and for a little bit or, but I, 
I don't know. It's just, there's nothing like it. And training purposes, like you can train anywhere and it's, and it's beautiful. And I love being by the water and I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not ready to leave yet now. Like it's, nah, it doesn't sound like it. It's pretty cool spot. Yeah. Where do you, where, where would be like number, number one spot? Would it be SF like SF in full force or like, where would you see yourself long-term you think? That's a hard question because California is so expensive. Uh, if money is not a factor, absolutely. <laughs> San Francisco. Um, yeah. In dead center of the city. Like it's just, I love, I love the city life. Um, it's mm -hmm. fun. And San Francisco is a cool place where like you can live in the city and you can still run in the city and you can still run. I can run to a trail like within two minutes. And so I can do everything I need, but then you've got like the parking and like the other crap. <laughs> but the, the space is so tight in SF. This is oh, like a small landmass. You, you, yeah. I don't have a garage. I have three roommates. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, it's that lifestyle where, yeah, like, yeah. But I don't mind it right now. So, I mean, yeah. There's always thoughts of like. I think everyone goes to Colorado at some point. I thought of it. <laughs> Seems like um, it, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if I could do the winter. It's like, <laughs> if you could do Missouri winters, I got here and I could feel the warmth of the sun. I was like, what? It's like, a, it's like been beautiful. I can, it's not that cold. It's just sunny all the time, I guess. Philadelphia's yeah. way, Philadelphia's way worse. Missouri is a million times worse, I'm sure, in the winter. <laughs> It's yeah, it's like bitter cold. Like it's the, I, I don't understand. It's cold. like the there's like this humidity factor that makes oh, that the summers too. and winters worse cuz I don't understand dew point exactly, but there is this thing where it's like the higher the, the humidity, the higher the dew point which makes the air feel worse is kind of like the way it's explained <laughs> and it's always higher in places like St. Louis and Philadelphia where it just like feels yeah. bad where here it's dry. Same SF you have microclimates, right? Everybody oh, talks about micro really microclimates, and that's like that a real thing, thing, right? It is a thing. <laughs> it's like one side of town, like, and then like a block, like two blocks. Like it's way my sunnier. house will be foggy, and then I'll run to Golden Gate Park, and it's sunny and like fifteen degrees, ten degrees different. Or <laughs> like so the difference of Oakland is so hot some days, but if you go to SF, it's like a little chilly. So it's. You have that, got to be prepared. <laughs> that took me a while to wrap my head around. I mean, I've never lived there, but the, even the idea of it, I always just thought whatever was south was like warmer. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah. yeah, that's just how things work. North is cold, south is warm, but California is a whole different thing. It also depends on what time of day it is. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah. Um. Well, cool, Alicia. This is super fun. I'm real excited to have you with Torque. I think it's going to be really fun to kind of get to know you and see your progress, and especially this year where it sounds like it's only looking up with, with training yeah, sure. and just the races you're going to be at. So I'm definitely pumped to continue to see your progress through. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me uh, on the podcast and on Torque. I'm excited. For sure. So where can people find you? I'll make sure to link to your socials, but if people want to follow the journey or kind of reach out or whatever. And where's the gym? Where's the gym you're at? Let's give them a shout out. So, um, well, I really only teach her like a few days a week, but I, uh, I'm a part of King's camp, um, King's camps and fitness. So they are in San Carlos, um, which is like in the peninsula, a little South of the Bay or, or South of San Francisco. And then, um, but yeah, I, I just teach there a few days a week, but I'm there every now and then. And then, cool. uh, people can find me on Instagram, just Alicia Keeker, Keeker, <laughs> Keeker, but it's but spelled with a U. Don't spell it like. No, yeah. don't spell it like Keeker. You can. I used to when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, you should have like the phonetic spelling next to next to it just to help out people like me doing a terrible <laughs> job with, with the pronunciations. Um, cool, awesome. Well, again, we'll we'll be we'll be hearing more from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich.